That's right. This is Free Talk Live, the show where if enough hosts get sick, they'll just let anyone sit in this chair. <laughs> so sitting in the first chair tonight, uh, it is I, Richie Rich, and co-hosting with me, Maddie Matt. Maddie Matt. Um, yeah. So everyone got sick. I, you know, I I come in from Manchester and I work in Merrimack, which is like an hour and fifteen minutes away. So I left my regular job at five, headed on out here, and then I get here and they go like, so, you know, <laughs> no one else is coming tonight. You know what you're really, really good at? Running a, a radio show. Apparently. You're really, really expert at that. You know what you're doing, so heads up. You're doing it tonight. So I'm going to give a quick shout out to Captain Kickass, one of the other hosts. Also sick. Also sick. <laughs> However, he put together this handy dandy list of things that need to get done to run a radio show um and i'm going to follow that as best of my ability and that's where we're at today um now since this is the call-in show where you get to take control of the airwaves that number 603-283-6160 that is 603-283-6160 um and since we want you to call in we've already got someone waiting on the line so we're going to go to brian in Seattle. Brian, you are on the air. Richie, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for filling in and pinch. No problem. Hey, uh, okay, I didn't call in until uh, it was a done deal, so uh, um, I went on a search for, I'm going to every Freedom Festival there is this year serving coffee. I've mixed up with a cool DJ down at Float Fest. Hired him to come up to DJ for us two nights at Squatch Fest. And uh, I just got off the phone there this morning. Uh, I rented the Disco uh, the disco Dome. You know All what, right. Brian? You know what, Brian? Your, your phone yeah. is breaking up a little bit. So Okay, I'm going to feel how the wood's getting up. I'm going to give you an opportunity to figure this out, then I'm going to put you on hold, and we're going to have to check back in with you in a minute. Yeah, it's a cool story happening, though. I want to know is, more about what he's I, talking about. It's definitely a cool story, but you got to be able to understand what That's he's saying. That's right. Nope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on hold, Brian. Figure out that phone situation. Yep. Call back in if you have to, uh, and we'll get to you in a minute. It is a cool story. Again, because I screened the call, I have an idea, but I'm not going to spoil that lead either. We'll let him talk about it. That's right. Um, now, the big news that happened today, uh, you were aware of it, um, Matty Matt and <sighs> Joe Biden taking all of our guns. Yeah. Allegedly. They're not going to take your guns. Um, so... If you've been following this, uh, at last count, I I haven't heard it from his uh, mouth myself, but I've got a list of six executive orders that were handed down from on high today from the the demented old man in chief. Okay. Um, So the first one is uh, instructs the ATF to reclassify polymer 80s and 80% parts kits as firearms in the next 30 days. So apparently you're not allowed to make your own guns anymore, which Americans have been doing for since the dawn of America, 30 years. Yeah. Um, Number two instructs the ATF to reclassify AR pistols as short barrel rifles and make millions of people into instant felons. If they don't file for a tax stamp for a short barrel rifle and uh, wait a year for the stamp to come in and pay $200, um, which is. That, that one's going to get really interesting. That's really the sticking point because there are millions of AR pistols out there. Since they brought out the AR pistol brace, 
I can't I, I can't tell you how many of those things are out there. Everybody loves them. Everybody wants one. Everybody got one. Do, do we need to initiate those out of the know what exactly that is? Okay, so yeah, sure. Um, so an AR pistol brace, basically if you want to have a short-barreled AR-15, and you might for a number of reasons, maybe you're a small-framed person, maybe you just like the handy utility of a, a short-barreled AR-15, you will have to uh, apply to the government, turning your uh, uh, passport photos and your fingerprints and uh, a letter begging them to allow you to have it, and you'll also need to give them $200. Um, sometime within a year or two, they'll get back to you, maybe. Okay. And um, they're going to cash your check either way, and they're going to... Um, give you yes or no. No, you cannot have a short-barreled AR-15 or other pistol, rifle, whatever you want to call it, um, or yes, you may. Right. And we'll say rifle because it's not just the AR-15. Like, that's the yeah, it could be AKs. Anything with a barrel shorter than 16.5 inches is right. generally what they're going for there. With so, a stock. With a stock. With a butt stock. At the right. But there's a way around that because there's a lot of short-barreled AR-15s out there that people have been building for decades, um, and they call them AR pistols. And basically what they have is the the regular recoil buffer tube on the back of the receiver, which is a necessary component for the function of an AR-15. Right. And they just don't put a stock on it. They'll put like a foam pad on it. Well, after the wars all over the world, a lot of uh, servicemen were coming back with, you know, they're coming back maimed and missing parts and, you know, hands and arms and legs. And so one of the things they did to make it possible for these people to still shoot their AR pistol one-handed if they only had one hand, was invent the pistol brace. And that was invented by a gentleman who was helping a war buddy who was having Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So these braces resemble a buttstock, but they're not a buttstock. They're intended to be wrapped around your forearm while you, so you can literally hold the grip with one hand and, and brace it with your forearm. Um, hardly, I mean... We're all missing arms over here, I think is what I'm trying to say. So <laughs> we all have those things. Um, <clears throat> the sticking point for that is that I believe Donald Trump's crew tried to put the kibosh on the pistol braces, too. Right. Didn't. They failed. They did the bump stocks, but they didn't do the right. pistol braces. So I think they, they okay. And let's, let's be clear and be fair for a minute that there are two sides to this equation. And... Correct me if I'm wrong. My general assumption is that most people who are acquiring these pistol braces are utilizing them as they would a stock. Yeah. Okay. I mean, wait, I didn't mean to sound that obvious about it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but I but I that, swear I'm not enthusiastic about it. Okay. But that, that kind of goes in line with what the Biden administration and the ATF is trying to prevent, right? It's like... You have this brace. It's designed to wrap around your forearm so that you can hold your pistol one-handed if you are, you know, handicapped or you know otherwise maimed in some yeah. Sort of fashion. Yeah. Well, there's a problem there because there's a history with these things. Um, since they came out, they've already been through that, and they what they they if you were caught shouldering the pistol with the brace, you Felony. were in no no land. Right. You were going to prison for the rest of your you know ten years or whatever the mandatory yeah. minimum is. Um, so what they said is it's okay to uh, rest it on your cheek or on your chest. Okay. So two inches in either direction, but not right in the middle, or okay. you're evil and you're bad and you're going to jail. Um, so 
after a while, they rescinded that, saying, "Sorry, yeah. that's stupid." I, I think he might have. I think he might have demonstrated this to me after it was already rescinded. But I was I was at a buddy's house, and statute limitation has expired, obviously. But he goes like, "Do you want to see a felony?" And <laughs> yeah. then he just put it on his shoulder. And I go, "I don't. I don't. I totally don't get it, man." <laughs> yeah, it's you because know? it's dumb, <laughs> and everybody dumb. agrees that's so dumb. Even the ATF backtracked on that one, and said. Yeah, that's stupid. Okay, go ahead. Put it on your shoulder or whatever. And so um, everybody did. And it's it's not a big deal. Uh, schools full of children have not died in the process of anybody putting one of those things on their shoulder. Uh, people who want a stock on their short barrel rifle or, just, or pistol, whatever you want to call it, is just going to put one on there in spite of the law anyway. Criminals don't follow laws. That's why they're criminals. Um, this only serves to turn everybody else into a criminal with a stroke of a pen. And my general concern with that is a lot of what I see coming out of the 2A community is we're the law-abiding citizens. I've right. not seen that. Okay. My, I, I usually do see a lot, of that, a lot of that. I think the 2A community is getting real fed up at this point. I don't think any of them like Joe Biden whatsoever. Um, contrary to what you'll hear at some news outlets, how you know, like okay. CNN will tell you, well, we all own guns. We love our president, and we're going to you know, do what he says and okay. so forth. I just don't believe it. Uh, I think everybody's pretty noncompliant. And I will say this briefly as we go to break. We'll talk about it more on the other side. Um, Q, one of the local manufacturers here, mm-hmm. did get stopped with the pistol brakes. Free Talk Live, your thoughts, 603-283-6160, 603-283-6160, Free Talk Live. Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We are talking about the recent announcement from the Biden administration. Kind of gotten to the story a little bit with his new executive orders uh, attempting to put the kibosh on certain armaments that, you know, free people should be allowed to freely have. Uh, I mentioned Q as we were going to break there. They're a, you called them a, a, a for, the Ferrari of yeah, gun manufacturing. They're, they're kind of a boutique firearms manufacturer. Uh, it's a, they're a good target. Uh, they're very high end, but their production numbers are not huge. Just like Ferrari. Ferrari only makes a of few course. cars, you know? And so as far as going after, if you're going to go after a company, you go after a small boutique company because they're not going to have a war chest big enough to handle, you know? But what they went after them for is the very same issue that they're bringing to the table mm-hmm, now, and mm-hmm. that was the utilization of these pistol braces yep. on short-barreled uh, pistols. Pistols. Pistol. We'll call them, we'll call, yeah. call them AR pistols is what sure. we call them. And uh, Q basically, uh, I mean, I don't know how recent the information is, but Q basically uh, acquiesced they didn't to, have a choice. to the ruling. They didn't have a sure. choice. And, but, every, uh, and all their manufacturing now is classified as a short barrel rifle, whether or not it comes with that pistol brace yep. or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Interestingly, they didn't go after SIG. Um, SIG is a gargantuan firearms manufacturer, also here about 30 miles away from Q. And SIG is one of the 
heroes of the story because they're the ones who basically got the arm brace off the ground. They were the first major manufacturers to start putting them on their on their for sale guns. And SIG also has giant military contracts. So Well, there you go. Yeah, what what's what's uh SIG, what are they gonna say to SIG? Stop doing that or we'll pull this giant military I don't think SIG is gonna bust gonna ever budge on that. And um I know a lot of people who work at SIG and I'd be very, very surprised to see any reversal in SIG's habits. One one of the interesting components of this is there's one particular brace uh called the uh SBA three. And the SBA-3 was specifically named by the ATF as AOK. So that company, SB, makes a whole bunch of different models, but the SBA-3 in particular was named as AOK. Ah, by, yes. By the ATF. And this was in the news several months ago because when they came, when SB came forward and said, hey, we, you've already given us approval for these braces, mm-hmm. the ATF said, no, no, no. We gave you approval for that brace. For that brace. And so all the other braces that you are now selling, based off this ATF ruling that they were A-OK, completely false, completely fraudulent. You are misleading your customers into thinking that these are, are legal items to purchase, and they are not. Um, so the ATF, again, a little contradictory. Yeah, little they bit. go back and forth. Okay. They, they move the goalposts as they want. But the, the fact of the matter is there's also a matter of a, you know, there's this company called Palmetto State Armory that everybody knows because they are the kings of selling dirt cheap AR-15s to everybody. And the reason, the stated purpose for them, everybody picks on because they're junk. They're not really junk. I've seen them do well and I've seen them fail. But they're affordable is what they're for. Well, the purpose of them was was intentionally to be affordable so that there would be so many AR-15s in circulation that no court on the planet could ever uh, um, declare them anything other than in common use. In common use has a has a lot of legal weight behind it. Those three words. Uh, So with the SBA threes, there are zillions of those. There are. Other companies who make similar um, braces, and there are literally millions of them out there. So braces in general, regardless of which ones the ATF wants to bestow its, you know, sprinkle its, you know, okay magic on, um, they're in common use, and they're basically all the same. But as we know, the ATF, you say, goes back and forth. They can easily make that declaration. Yeah, and interestingly, what they're going to do here is uh, I think we need to pay attention also to, you know, what happens if they go back on this? What happens to all these people who have what are now short-barreled rifles that are illegal? Yeah, um, how, we're talking in. literally millions of them. No, Forrest, uh, you don't. You, you don't have to. You don't have to turn them in, but you will be required to sell them back. Uh, yeah. Oh, right? yeah. There's not, the buyback. I didn't think about the buyback. buyback angle. Sure. Um, then there's the. Uh, you could just. You could file for file it as an SBR and get your tax stamp and do the do the patriotic thing and send two hundred dollars to the government and so they'll give you you know. So forgive my ignorance on this. Obviously, I defer to you more of, a, of an expert in this area. Let's say that people choose to go that route, right? They've already got this now felonious weapon in their possession. They go like, I'm going to file for the you know for the SBR permission slip tax stamp. Uh, but that, like you said, that could take years, yeah. you know, up to a year or more mm-hmm. to, to get that. What happens in the meantime? Good question. 
That's why I'm asking it. Uh, if it were like when I when I buy a class three item, like if I buy a short barrel rifle, if I buy a suppressor, I buy it and then it has to live at the dealer where I bought it. Or if I order it online, it has to be shipped into a dealer locally that has a class three license. Sure. And then they we call it being in jail. We're going to like in the day our stamp comes, we call we call it going to get our suppressor out of jail. Okay. So you're not allowed to have it. So maybe they expect people to take their guns all to gun dealers to sit in their safe. I mean, you're going to I don't know how big they think these these little mom and pop class three gun dealers safes are, but I doubt it's going to hold, you know, key New Hampshire's 4000 short barrel AR-15, uh, you know, pistols. So uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. It's a good question. Now, able to sit here and sin against the our, our Lord and Savior, the state. As as we went through, you know, the the pandemic of 2020, and people were taken off their jobs and forced out of you know their their current lifestyle. One of the things that I try to encourage people to do is look for the opportunity and be ready to take advantage of that opportunity should it present itself. Right, because no matter what the state of the world is, there's someone that is going to be making money off of this, mm-hmm. right? And that someone might as well be you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it, but you have to be prepared for the opportunity, and you have to recognize it when it comes to pass. Yep. So, if the if the ATF or you know the Biden administration decides, oh, nope, your felonies overnight, turn them all in to your local FFL, uh, you know, licensee or whatever. Uh, is that not uh, a financial opportunity? For those FFLs to install a vault, install a safe, charge a storage fee to hang on to your weapon and rake in the cash as they await you. Oh, yeah, man. The government's always creating new industries, aren't they? So, you know, that that is one way. I don't see it going that way. I don't think I know a single person who's going to move a muscle as far as this goes. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty absurd to even think it, really. I will follow all of the laws and directives to a T, though, because... I'm a good American. Law-abiding citizen. Law-abiding citizen. Uh, If you have comments, questions on this issue, if you're a gun owner, are you going to be turning in yours if the Biden administration says so? Let us know. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. More coming up with Free Talk Live. Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, Voluntarius.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, The Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner. Watner, Hans Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Ayer, Joyce Brand, and many others. I Must Speak Out is for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com.
And we're back. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That is 603-283-6160. The live call-in radio show. At least I hope we're live. I pushed all the right buttons to get us started. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich. And tonight with me? Maddie Matt. Maddie Matt. That's M-A-T-T space E space M-A-T-T. Yeah, like like wild E coyote. Yes. Yeah, e Matt. Um, before we get back into talking about these Biden executive orders, uh, I do have to tell you about Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There is no longer an excuse for ignoring this important world-changing information. If you are a knowledgeable crypto user, you can check out news.bitcoin.com to get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a sleek and easy-to-use website. That is Bitcoin.com. And I will say, I was uh, I do I have a regular job before I come out here when I can. Uh, I run a, I manage a storage facility down in Merrimack, New Hampshire. And I, you know, was talking to a customer today and he's like, where do I go to find out, you know, how to get started in this crypto thing? And of course we do the ad here, but I also do it in my personal life. I sent him over to Bitcoin. High five. Right. Because where else are you going to send them? And Bitcoin.com is truly like, you know, I mean, I know we're, we're plugging Bitcoin.com, but I would plug Bitcoin.com any day, any way. That is really a centerpiece of learning about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general. Roger Ver is... I'm a big fan of that guy. He's fantastic. Well, He's had that for years. And that's why I did it, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, we, we get awesome. paid to do it here, but in my personal life, yeah, I don't absolutely, have to do that. absolutely. And I did. So it's, it's easy to sell a product that you have a ton of faith in, and, and that's right. a Bitcoin.com is definitely one of those products. And usually, I would be wearing my Bitcoin.com shirt. That's today, right. But I just I forgot to change. I have one too. Yeah. One of those uh, one of the polo shirts, except yep. I'm I'm too fat for it. It's okay. I don't think I'm too fat for it. I but wear it anyway with pride. Short, you know, belly hanging out of there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to the Biden executive orders. You said that there was a number of other things to touch on. Yeah, so some new angles to just, discuss just, here. It, it doesn't end at the uh, at the whole uh, the the uh, pistol brace thing. It moves on. Number three, they're installing a new ATF director. By the by, this guy is the one that was calling the shots at Waco, where they wiped out an entire church full of women and children, and he ordered Lon Horiuchi to shoot anybody who tried to run, including women and children. Uh, that has got to be the most un-American scumbag ever to walk the face of the earth, other than the people who actually followed his orders. And if the people I saw recently are any indication as to whether or not they'll follow this guy's orders, there's absolutely no question these people do whatever they're told. They're basically robots on remote control, and that's a frightening thing. This will not be a good person. Uh, he works for the Giffords, apparently, and he was the agent in charge at Waco is what this says. So, wow. And the ATF recently celebrated the anniversary of the Waco thing by, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, calling forward the, that the, the the four officers that were lost the fallen the, heroes the fall, yes oh my god the they thing. do that every year and they get they get totaled out on the facebook page when they do that it's hilarious they get roasted but at the same time like i man it is hard for me to believe that they could be that dense where they don't realize 
that they're gaslighting. The people everybody. I saw a couple weeks ago are true believers, and it doesn't matter what you say about their religion. They believe in it. They are believers. So you can be the naysayer and the insurrectionist or whatever. You're, you're the bad person. Our religion is the one true, true. And uh, that's that's really how they think about government. It doesn't yeah. matter what you say, Prol. Okay. Sit and shut up and love our tyranny. We are correct, and you aren't. Yeah, that doesn't... Man, that that doesn't give me hope for the future of uh, the country. There's not many of them. Okay. I mean, I watched their operational security in action and it was awful. Okay. They don't know what they're doing. If this country ever went to pull the trigger, yep. Uh it would be I think it would be fairly quick. It might be messy for other reasons, but to handle the problem at hand in the moment it would be very very quick work okay let me i want to tie that in very briefly to the crypto six which will you know we can get into a little mm-hmm. bit more later um i i was listening to last night's show of free talk live as i was on my drive in here and one of the things that was brought up was like the overwhelming force used in that raid um, which you live in this house, right? So you were yeah. you were firsthand. I was the first one to have an M16 pointed at his chest. Okay, so speak to this if you will. Um, it seems to me that the 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 way the government, the state operates, the goons, tyrants, despots <laughs> off our list for that guy. Yeah, uh, the way that they operate is they will always win the battle of overwhelming force yeah they have the element of surprise yeah. they, they they that's they rely on the element of surprise that's why they do it at six o'clock in the morning you know the warrant said they had to serve the warrant between 6 a.m and 10 a.m they were here at 559 sharp parked on the lawn and were yanking a window out by six zero zero so yeah. so i guess my point is if they if they if they're always having that first mover advantage for lack of a better term right they they're always going to attack first mm-hmm. um because they have that overwhelming violence, and the vast majority of Americans or people in general are peaceful people. Mm-hmm. They don't want that level of violence in their life. Right. They may respond to it if it's brought to you, mm-hmm. uh, if it's brought to them. They might. They might, maybe. But if you surprise anyone at 6 o'clock in the morning and you've already got guns on on them before they have a chance to like put even put clothes on, right? that is a battle that the state will win every time. Yeah. And so even if their, you know, operational tactics aren't awful. Necess- are awful, it doesn't matter because they will they will target individuals. Early bird catches the worm. Early bird catches the worm, they, but they will target individuals. They will overwhelm individuals with force before you can, like, mount a defense or gather your troops or whatever mini militia you have going on mm-hmm. in whatever area of the country you happen to be in, and you have zero chance. Right. And so they can they can do that they can perform that operation ad nauseum right right and just take people out and they will across the board so the 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 whole like rise up you know america's put an end to this tyrannical government i don't see where that goes anywhere it's unless the, and the people i don't i mean I, I think the people who are saying that i think their hearts are in the right place but i don't think they realize the reality of modern, um, what we would call like insurrection or warfare or whatever you want to call it, okay. civil war. It would be, it, it would be. Uh, I think they're driving Model Ts to a NASCAR race. Okay, you know they got to, they got to get ahead of it. But 
this country was just at war for the last 20 plus years, and that created two entire generations or three entire generations of people who know otherwise. Okay. Just because they're not vocal doesn't mean they're not paying attention. So, and, and they're, most of them learned how evil government is while they were executing its wishes. Okay. So that said, it's really up in the air. That's really up in the air. Um, going at it one by one. You know, you got a few years ago, you got some guy who flew his airplane in the IRS building in Texas or whatever. Remember right. that? Yeah. What a genius, did. right? But uh, then you got people who are, you know, armoring their bulldozers and you Marvin know, Hemeyer. Like Marvin Hemeyer, you know, and Hemeyer we trust. But, uh, you know, those are all, those are statements. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they lost their lives making a statement. I think those statements are important to make, but the long term, uh, Efficacy of those um, yeah. changing anything not very high. But when when you say investment. when you say bringing driving the Model T to a NASCAR race, yeah, right. I go, it's already lost. Yeah, it's right? lost. There's there's no point. Correct. Right. Submit. Waste to, of time. Submit to the government's demands. Lay down and not, eat it. Right. Just bend over and take it. You're all Chinese now. Where's your social credit score? I mean, and we can talk about that too. <laughs> Interesting take on the social credit score. Uh, you can call in and discuss if you wish. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. 603-283-6160. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Talk Live, the call-in radio show where you can take control, 603-283-6160, 603-283-6160. Uh, sitting in the studio tonight, tis I, Mr. Richie Rich, and... Maddie Matt. Maddie Matt. Um, we're going to get back into that uh, Biden story, Maddie Matt. Yes. However, we have a caller yeah. that wants to talk about it. So yeah. we'll bring him on. Let's do it. Joe in Michigan, you are on the air. Yeah, politicians like Biden, they uh, they get away with their lies because, you know, they know most people, but when it comes to gun control, I know most people don't, that aren't into it, don't know, you know, I've bought guns at gun shows before, I've always done a background check, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, uh, the whole thing with the with the uh, the arm brace thing it just shows how retarded the uh, NFA is. Yeah, know? it totally does. It, it it most of that that was a reaction to a problem the government solved back in the '30s with prohibition. <laughs> Correct. They basically created organized crime, and uh, they once again they like they're doing now they they punish law abiding people. You know, yeah. we didn't have these problems before all these stupid laws are enacted because they don't solve nothing, you know? That's right. Um, it's about disarming a nation. It has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with, uh, with safety. It has everything to do with making people defenseless in mass. Well, look at the red, the red flag laws. How many, 
I have. I know. I'm sure every guy out there has had some crazy girlfriends. I was just going to say that because that's on the <laughs> list of executive orders from today. They want to. Uh, yeah. Joe Biden wants to. He's instructed the ATF to make it easier. I don't know how they're going to do this. Make it easier for states to have red flag laws, as if the a- ATF. Uh, by the way, Joe Biden calls the ATF the AFT. By the way, he did it twice in one sentence today. Um, but yeah, apparently he wants to make it easier for states to have red flag laws or create a national red flag red flag law. It's it's if they if they really want if, well the one thing Joe Biden could do to reduce gun violence would would be uh, to cancel the war on drugs. Absolutely, that would take the uh, profit incentive out of the inner city for kids to join gangs and do drive bys and all that stuff. But restricting my rights to own a, own whatever gun I want. I ought to be able to go down and buy a freaking machine gun Absolutely. if I want to. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to order it on Amazon. I, I've i never... I've, I've, I mean, I'm your typical gun owner, man. I just want to be left alone. I follow the rules. But I'm sorry, man. Any law that's in violation of the Constitution is... It's illegitimate, as far as I'm concerned. Ah, so let me ask you I this, mean, Joe, because you, you said something here that I'm, I kind of mentioned earlier... And Maddie Matt disagreed with me a little bit. If they do pass these bans, are you going to turn it in per the law since you follow the rules? Don't answer him. I mean, well, you can feel free they don't not know. To answer, I mean, <laughs> you can always you can always uh, rely on the incompetence of our government. They're, we outnumber them. There's too many of these guns out here. There's no way they can enforce these laws. Basically, you got to get caught with it doing something. You know, you got to have somebody rat you out or you got to be actually in the, you know, committing a crime with with one. And then they'll add that on as another charge. But um, I wouldn't I want to want to stop you there, though, because I don't think there's any any question that the government will create evidence. I think they will. If they want you, they are going to make the evidence they want to get you caught with. Well, that's more in line with, you know, just keeping your head down and just going about your business. Sure. Right? If if you don't put your head up there and put a target on your back. Well, I didn't put a target on my back, but they sent an ATF to this house anyway, and they know damn well that Ian isn't, he's not a huge gun dude. Why did they bring the army? You know. Because you had guns in the house. Because I had guns in the yeah. house. I mean, it's amazing to me. They'll they'll say, when did, why is 10, like in, in California or wherever, 10 we don't have those laws in Michigan, but it's like that's the magic number for magazines. Yeah. You know, when did they come up with that? It was you know, arbitrary. If you're getting somebody's breaking into your house, the last thing you want to worry about is having to reload. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's these rules are arbitrary. They they're based a lot of them like the silencers and stuff. They're based off Hollywood. Yeah. You know, silencers don't silence your gun like no. a, like a like in the movies still loud it's basically just here it's just hearing protection man Mm -hmm. it doesn't even you should still wear plugs even with your suppressor because they don't take it necessarily below what is it the safe level 85 85 decibels decibels. yeah in some countries you gotta hunt with them if you're gonna hunt you gotta have a you gotta have one yeah so just Um, pay pay your 200 dollars, get your suppressor wait all year year, and then go hunting what's wrong what's wrong with that yeah i i don't I don't know, man. It's it's important. People, you pay your income tax, you pay your sales tax, you pay your property tax, you pay your firearms tax. All of which is this is patriotic. This is my big issue, man. Second Amendment is, and I don't care what party you're from. If you're if you're wrong in this issue, you're not getting my vote. And correct, a lot of people need to. A lot of people need to have that attitude. This crap of, you know, I'm not in love with Trump, but and he, you know, I wasn't happy about the bump stock thing, but. uh, 
you know, now look where we're at. Mm-hmm. And, well, that got um, rescinded, right? That bump stocks got overturned. Yeah, that they they, they yeah. I think back. he did it on purpose to buy us time because after Las Vegas, I guarantee you, every rhino in DC was was willing to go along and go after ARs and everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't prove that. It's just my. I was you know, waiting for the hunch. Trumpers to come out and say like eight D chess. He had to, <laughs> he had to ban it, trust so the that plan. they could, so they could overturn it, and therefore now you can keep it legally. And it, it removes all questions. Well, Q is our well, he's man. gone, and now we're stuck with we're stuck with you know. What we some guy who can barely talk. Yeah. So you want to know what else? I, I want to run this past while I got you on the phone. Uh, the sixth, we'll skip ahead to the sixth executive order today. He wants to make it illegal to get a gun if you've been convicted of domestic violence. What do you think? Well, I think if you've done your time on something and you've paid your, you've paid your, your what you owe society. You should get your rights back. I kind of I, I agree with that, but, but the, the point I was making there is like, that it is already illegal to have a gun if you are if you're yeah you can't when you balance. fill out the form for uh, yeah, when you go to a gun store, you fill out the I think form. there are some exceptions to that. Yeah, like I don't know them offhand. I think there. I think don't quote me. I think there are exceptions to that, and I think that might be a loophole that they're trying to close. I don't know, man. That's a pretty clear question. I answer it all the time. I will. I, I will say this. I say accusing somebody of that falsely accusing them or like the red flag thing, yeah. the punishment should be equal to what the guy would have got. Because I, I've had, I, I got a friend that I know right now, it took him forever to clear something up, which never happened, but he had an old fiance that accused him of doing. Oh. And, um, you know, that can really screw up somebody's life. Just, you know, you're in the heat of the moment, you're, you're splitting up and, you know, she says something, a cop's there, she calls the cops, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that was and, part, um, that was part of a bill they were introducing earlier this year, where in order to get your federal firearms license, they were going to psych- give the uh, the applicant a psychological evaluation, but also interview all members of the household, including ex partners. Right, like you have to you have to get a clearance from an ex in order to get your your license at the federal level. If that were to have passed, and I don't know where. Yeah, that's that's bullcrap. It's probably unconstitutional. I can't think which one it would be off the top of my head, but you, you, there's people I'm sure that can't stand me that I haven't seen in years, and if they went and asked them, they they, you know, lie or say, yeah, you know, sure. yeah, you know, say something just to screw me up. Who knows, man? People lie. This idea that people don't lie about stuff is, you know, that's like fantasy world stuff. Hunter but, Biden, right? Lied on the form. Yeah, possessed a firearm anyway. I think another interesting thing about Biden's comments earlier uh, earlier today was that he's you know he compared the Second Amendment to like the First Amendment like you can't yell fire in a movie theater and consider that First Amendment just like you can't own whatever guns you want and he said like from the from the start of the country you couldn't own any firearm you wanted yeah that's that's a bunch of bull crap because even up until the Civil War guys were buying their own freaking cannons and bringing them with them yeah. and Gatling guns that's and- right. Uh, but you know that was they the weren't wrong sir you that could buy tommy guns at the drugstore until the 1930s my question about the domestic violence thing is just to roll back on that what are they going to do about all the cops that have guns because 40 percent of them are domestic abusers are they not well okay so i don't i don't know how much of this i want to share necessarily because it was a uh i overheard mark uh the normal normal co-host and he said that even with his he's not allowed to possess a firearm because he's a convicted felon but if he had to, if he got a job as a police officer, he could carry a firearm in alignment with his duties. <laughs> so oh my God. The, co- the cops could have yeah. guns. 
in 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 in, exor- in exercising their duties, but not personally. We can trust them when they put on the magic suit. Yep. Uh, thank you for the call, Joe. <laughs> you have a good night, yeah, sir. Have a great night. More coming up. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. News from news.bitcoin.com. U.S. Postal Service files a patent for new blockchain voting method. Warren Buffett changes his opinion on gold. Maybe Bitcoin is next. $6 billion Acon cryptocurrency city underway. Former Prudential CEO says now's the time to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin.com is your source for getting started with cryptocurrencies. Getting a wallet, buying Bitcoin cash, mining, and all the latest cryptocurrency news at news.bitcoin.com. Subscribe to Bitcoin.com's YouTube channel, too. Talk Live. You thought that getting all the hosts sick was going to keep Free Talk Live? Not a chance. No way. Not a chance because we are back. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, starting Hour 2, Tis I, Richie Rich, along with... Maddie Matt. And before we get back into our stories and our callers on the line, uh, we need to talk about AnyPayX.com. Uh, everyone's always talking about buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, but that's boring as hell. How about earning some Bitcoin? That's eh? right. Now, now we're you, talking. Now, you, now we're talking. Getting paid with it, that's the way. If you want to earn Bitcoin at your business, AnyPayX.com is the way to do it. Your customers will love it, and everyone in town will talk about your store being the Bitcoin store. And it's just fun. Get the free app and start earning Bitcoin at your business, AnyPayX.com. I think I have the I have the AnyPay app on my phone somewhere. I've was, used AnyPay Any Pay before, and it works really good. It's super simple. All right. We're going to jump to the phone lines here. Uh, we have Zephin calling in from California. Zephin, you're on the air. Um, hey, uh, good to talk to you again, Richie. Um, so before I uh, go into uh, the topic that I wanted to talk about, I just wanted to briefly, um, you know, mention the – uh, stuff that the last caller said, uh, I completely agree. If uh, if there's an unjust law that's currently in place, it's your duty to break it. Um, and I think that gun laws are some of the most unjust laws in human history. Shortly after they pass, uh, genocides ensue, uh, tyranny thrives, and it's just no good for you know anybody that happens to be a human. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm in complete agreement with that. And if you uh, care about the Second Amendment, I'd recommend that you donate to the Firearms Policy Coalition. They're Absolutely. probably one of the best, yeah, probably one of the best gun rights groups out there. Like, the NRA is okay, but... The, no, it's not. The FPC is way better. GOA yeah, is way better. Yeah, they've been suffering from some corruption stuff. So, like, FPC. And FPC also, uh, for the people that are into crypto, they also... Uh, they also defend uh, 3D printing of guns under the um, 
under the argument that it's a First Amendment protection, which is pretty similar to uh, the arguments that uh, the Crypto Six might be making. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, yeah. if you care about gun rights and free speech, you know, Firearms Policy Coalition. That Crypto Six case is going to hash out so many mm-hmm. legal definitions and terminologies. Yeah. Uh, now, I, and I, I know Ian and Rich and they wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to put you on the spot too much here, Zephan. But you're calling in from California. Uh, gun <laughs> laws are pretty restrictive there in California. So if you're advocating like breaking bad laws, you know, I'm, you know, I remember you coming up here for a visit. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad I'm in New Hampshire because I can finally open carry my firearm. <laughs> uh, but I don't. I don't think you'd be doing too much of that in California. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I, I don't open carry, but there are, um, you know, there are some laws in which I engage in civil disobedience, and I'm fully, um, you know, I, I will fully accept uh, whatever sort of implications that entails. Uh, luckily, I'm going to be moving to the free state in June. So high five! To- Virtual high five! <laughs> I was just going to tell you, I was like, dude, run, get away from there. And yeah. apparently he is. High five. There, I think there's yeah. a timing thing kind of related to what you said your topic was, which was the upcoming Freedom Festivals here. Right, exactly. So I plan on moving to New Hampshire in June. Um, and and uh, fortunately, uh, I you know, that perfectly lines up with the uh, Pork and Fork Fest. So I'm going to be attending both. Uh, however, also fortunately, I'm going to be able to keep my job over here. Um, I'm just going to have to work virtually. Um, but in order to do that, I'm going to need some sort of Internet connection. So do you guys have any experience with uh, what the uh, Internet connectivity in port- at Pork and Pork Fest is like? Is it it the last couple of years, I have not had any problem. I also work remotely, and I wouldn't worry about it too much. And if you do have a problem, I know my phone works fine as a tether, and you're more than welcome to come over to my campsite, and I will uh, hotspot for you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Derek knows I, me I well. I really appreciate that. Yep. So, you know, you said you're, uh, you've got something going on with Derek? Uh, with Derek? Uh no, I, I oh, was that somebody else? That. Oh, it was an entirely different person. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Totally <laughs> different guy there. <laughs> Offer still stands. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. Now, um, you're, you're saying so, that you had no problem with the internet. I've heard, I've only been to one pork fest, fork fest, and I didn't stay for very long. Um, I've always heard stories about the internet connection at the campground being kind of spotty. It's in the mountains. Fest. Right. So their Wi-Fi, especially when you have, you know, what is going to be a record number, apparently, of people attending Porkfest, mm-hmm. uh, all trying to, you know, share one spotty Wi-Fi connection. Um, there was another gentleman, uh, Elstone, who's yeah. frequently on here, who was working on um, a Wi-Fi type internet connection to kind of alleviate some of that load. And that was at last year's Porkfest, Forkfest. Mm. So... I didn't use it because my phone was just working fine. Okay. But yeah, I mean, over the years, there have been various people who set up, you know, wireless networks that are localized and whatever. I don't know how that stuff works. Stone, I know for a fact that he knows how that stuff works. Okay. But uh, yeah, there's going to be a method for you to get on the internet. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, and uh, I plan on calling again tomorrow uh, to talk about why uh, Monero is the, you know, the true Bitcoin or the best cryptocurrency or whatever you... We are thing, already uh, we are already best friends, and you don't even know it. 
<laughs> Have you met awesome. Zephan? He's, no. he's come out to a couple of I can't of wait. These, I can't he's wait. He's come out to a couple of the social Sundays. I've, Has I've he? met him a couple of times while he was visiting New Hampshire. Oh, man. In I, person. So I thought maybe yeah. you guys would have and, crossed paths at some And I've actually been uh, to the free Talk Live studio before. Um, like, I, I think that, uh, you know, like one uh, when I went, uh, somebody at the front door, like, greeted me hold it, holding, like, an AR-15 or something. And then I maybe like, we oh, did wow, meet. That was probably Matt. That was almost <laughs> certainly <Yeah>. me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow, these are my kind of people. Yeah, um, that was back. Uh, that was back during the uh, uh, the fall months. Um, so like around November. Um, yeah. huh. You know, I, it was a long time ago, but uh, yeah, I'm very excited to to move, and I'm I'm super uh, relieved that there will be some internet connection there. Oh yeah, I don't, don't worry about that. And anything else tonight, Zephyr? Okay. Uh, no, that's it. Keep up right. the great work, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. For, thank you for the call, and we will see you in a couple of months. Yeah, sir. I can't wait. So yeah, Porkfest, Forkfest. What a cool guy. I feel bad when I don't remember people. The thing, when you move to New Hampshire, like I come from upstate New York and it's such a repressive place. And when you meet another libertarian or another freedom-minded individual at all, you make a solid note of them and you remember everything you learned about them because, you know, it's like, wow. (laughs) But when you're here... There are so many libertarians here and, and anarcho-capitalist voluntarists and, you, you know, mutualists and you, you name it. Everybody's got a different flavor. You, you, you lose track of them all. There's no way to keep track of them all. So several months ago, uh, uh, I moved from Hawaii. And several months ago, I was at one of the new mover parties in Manchester, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. We do that like once a month, you know, first Tuesday of the month. And there, a dude showed up from like Maui, Hawaii. We're like, oh, great, another another guy from the islands. I got to go introduce myself and meet that guy. And so, like, you know, he introduced himself to me, and they said, oh, yeah, I'm from Hawaii. I used to hang out with, you know, these these guys on Oahu. And then he dropped my name to my face. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, you know, just to hang out with, you know, Matt and Richie Rich. I'm like, I'm Richie Rich. Like, that's me. I don't remember you at all, man. But, you know, <laughs> s- small world, you know. That's funny. I, I Obviously, he forgot. You know what I looked like as well, like you know, just that was funny. Like well, you, you went from, uh, you did go from recently just Jason Momoa to Captain Caveman. Okay, yeah, so you're, you're a little fuzzier than you normally are. So you know, and okay, so that's the other thing. I was this right here is like my winter beard. It's gonna come off soon. Um, we have another friend who's like doing a movie. He's like you gotta be menacing looking, and we were supposed to film a scene a couple of weeks ago. This is like I'm gonna shave it off after that, and then the scene got postponed. So oh, like, now I gotta keep the menacing look for nah. a couple more weeks. But yeah. The, the, the spring shave will come after the winter beard is gone. Uh, more coming up on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160, 603-283-6160, Free Talk Live. Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We've touched on it a little bit, uh, Matty Matt and Richie Rich here. The Crypto 6, you were part of, you experienced that raid. uh, But on March 16th, 2021, government agencies conspired together and raided the Free Talk Live studio, the Bitcoin embassy, and the homes of Aria DeMezzo, Renee and Andy Spinella, and Colleen Fordham. 
the Crypto Six were then arrested and taken into custody, and Ian Freeman and nobody remain in custody. What can you do to help? Check out thecrypto6.com. There are multiple ways in which you can donate to their legal defense fund because these charges aren't a joke. It's going to take a serious legal team and many ex experts to protect the Crypto Six from further aggression from the state. This case will likely set precedent that will affect the world of cryptocurrency for decades to come. Help them in their fight for liberty and financial freedom by contributing to their legal defense fund at thecrypto6.com. Once more, thecrypto6.com. And I believe you can spell out the, the word six or just use the number six. I think they've registered both of those hmm. domains. So however you do it, thecrypto6.com to assist with that. Uh, and with that, we go to the phones uh, with Carmine calling in from New Hampshire with a special message from nobody. Carmine, you're on. Hey, yeah, it's clamoring. Oh, uh, clamoring. Thanks for taking my call. I apologize. Um, I misheard you. I talked to Rich earlier today, and he had a message for um, the members of his church, and I'd like to play that for you now if that's okay. As, as long as it's radio safe, please do. It is. It is. Uh, so here we go. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm not an AV tech, so I hope that the quality is all right. It's just under three minutes. You know what, so there was no one in here to tell us no right now, so we're just going <laughs> to run with it. Thank you, young lady. This is I, Pope Indigent, of the Church of the Invisible Hand. Today, with one auspicious and one dropping eye, with mirth and funeral and dirge and marriage, in equal scale weighing the light and dole, I announce my resignation as Pope and the appointment of a new Pope, Pope people named to be announced, uh, to take my place and lead the church into the future until such time as I am able to take the reins again. As many of you know, I'm currently sitting in a in a federal jail charged with claiming to be raising funds for my church while raising funds for my church. Uh, this apparently is considered by the federal authorities to be unacceptable to the tune of for, uh creating a desire within them to keep me in prison until I'm 72 years old. In order to keep myself from getting bored, however, I will be jo I am creating and will be running from behind the wall the Church of the Invisible Hand Prison Outreach Ministry. The ministry will be bringing in the holy literature of the Church of the Invisible Hand to those in prison who desperately need to hear our words, who need to read The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, Stranger in a Strange Land, Atlas Shrugged, uh, uh, Economics for Real People, and all of the great literature that inspires and informs our movement. I, I'm raising funds for this, uh, for this attempt. Uh, and also to fund a, a newsletter, and I hope that as soon as the ability is created, uh, as soon as we know where this money should be spent, that some of you will uh, will donate a couple of hundred or uh, or even a thousand dollars to help finance this, this vital outreach work. Um, we will also be uh, publishing a newsletter. Which will go not only to the uh, to the sixty. You have one minute left. I've already made on my current block 
but also to such luminaries as John McAfee, uh, Ross Ulbricht, and his mother, and, uh, and Ed Brown. I hope you will join with me in supporting this, uh, this effort and in spreading our message wherever it is needed. Thank you, and good night. And that is the end of the message. Amen. Now, while, while I have you on the phone... Maybe you can yep. shed some light on his situation for me a little bit. Um, last week when I was on, I spoke with him briefly off the air. And one of my questions for him was, why did he delay his uh, bail hearing um, and not uh, you know, bond out like everybody else? And my understanding based on his response at that time was that he was advised to delay it so that they could prepare a rebuttal for it. Um, and I read in one of the you know message board groups that we're all in earlier that he is currently not represented by counsel. So do you can you can you clear that up for me? Do you know any more about that? Like it, he's not being represented, but he was advised to delay. I'm just I'm a little bit confused at that situation. I mean, our community is trying to find him counsel right now. Okay. So I am not a lawyer or have any legal background, so I don't want to say too much on that topic. I'm not looking for like legal information per se, just was he represented during that initial hearing and like, he, you know, by a public defender and then now he's released the public defender. He um, chose to release his public defender. Got it. Okay. That clears it up. I'm not sure I would trust the public defender. Well, it's <laughs> fair, but you probably know, he, shouldn't, he but. took advice uh, based on the information I got last week. He took advice from legal counsel that said, stay in for now, otherwise you might be in here for a very long time, uh, but let us prepare a rebuttal for what the state, you know, much like Ian Freeman, what the state is going to claim is the reason to keep you behind bars. And if you delay the hearing, then we can prepare a satisfactory rebuttal against the claims that they are going to make. Um, and then again, I read today that he's without counsel. I go, well, what happened to that guy? So if he's if it was a public defender and he was released it, uh, so be it. But at, at least that clears it up for me. Anything else, Clamoring? Um, no, but thank you for taking my call. All right, no problem. Thank you. Bye. You know, every every single place that nobody goes, everywhere he goes, if you know him in real life, it doesn't matter if he's spending a night in the can. It doesn't matter if he's doing two months in the can. It doesn't matter if he's at the grocery store, at the laundromat, getting gas. He is turning people into liberty people. He's got words everywhere he goes and i'm sure that where he is right now he's pulling out all the stops he's pulling out all the stops to turn everybody inside that place into a person that understands the backstory of how they got where they are i think you might be right because again last week uh there were some private conversations in the studio but off the air where uh ian freeman was being held in a separate cell and then was moved into an area where nobody had already been and there was like uh foreknowledge that there was like six other <laughs> no, I'm liberty people you. in. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about here. This is the truth. So, so please do, please, if you have it in your heart, do go to that website. Uh, what, what, the, 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 the crypto six crypto six.com and see if there's anything you can do. If you could donate a buck or two, um, please do, yeah. please do. This is important. And call into Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to call 603-283-6160. More coming up on Free Talk Live. 
Everyone has a different war. For some, in the UN peacekeeping mission to Grenya, the struggle is just to survive. For others, it's to remain sane. For the rebels of the freehold of Grenya, their war is for their very way of life. They'll do everything and anything to stop this invasion. And they mean to make the enemy suffer. Because physical wounds heal. Freehold. Defiance. A collection of hard-hitting tales gathered by series creator Michael Z. Williamson and BingBooks.com. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That is six zero three two eight three six one six zero. The call-in show live, where you can take control. And I've got calls on the line, but I'm hosting here today, Richie Rich, along with Maddie Matt. Uh, we're going to jump right into those calls because we have uh, Bradley from Michigan. Uh, wants to comment more on the Pope Nobody situation. Bradley, you're on the air. Hi, guys. So I just heard that uh, call from Nobody, and uh, basically he's doing exactly what I did uh, when I was incarcerated, except he's, you know, obviously doing it in a more religious manner. Um, As the Pope of a church, I I would expect nothing less. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so I was in, I was actually uh, in college while I was incarcerated, and I decided to uh, do a model more based on Students for Liberty. So okay. when I was incarcerated, I, you know, I passed out literature to people on the prison yard. Uh, I talked to a lot of people, and surprisingly, a lot of people in prison uh, have libertarian ideals. That's that actually you say surprisingly that doesn't surprise me at all and I bet a lot of them went in there with those with those all libertarian principles as well. Depends what they're in for because I know that the vast majority is like you know low level drug crimes nonviolent stuff, mm-hmm. but it's hard it's hard to say you know like Murderer's Row is filled with liberty minded right. Follow obviously those people, principles. but I, I doubt that there's uh, we know how many of those are in there Understood. on a percentage basis and and it's not many. Right, most people who are in jail are in for nonviolent crime. You know what i wouldn't call a crime but apparently there are some government people who refer to such things as crimes so what was your uh your activism like in in prison bread well uh basically it started when i went to the law library and i heard somebody uh helping somebody with their case and he was he was talking a lot about things that sounded very libertarian so i went up to him and introduced myself and started talking to him and uh you know, he was a great leader. Uh, he actually has a couple uh, Supreme Court cases going right now. Uh, one's related to the, the COVID case, uh, how they handled it when it first started. Uh, 92% of us got it uh, in the prison. And then the other case is how they uh, shut down the churches and they still haven't opened them back up. Um, you know, so we've made a lot of success. Uh, you know, it, it's it's really just simple. You just, you go up to people, uh, you pass out literature that I've gotten in there. Uh, you share books with them, Reason Magazine. Uh, you debate them, you know, do whatever you got to do, but you get the word out. And, you know, most people, even the violent people, you know, the people that actually committed real crimes, uh, a lot of them are put in there for, 
w- way longer than they should be, you know, and they're, they're sorry for what they did. So, so do you find that the, the ideas of freedom and liberty helps them with the reconciliation process? Like, or in, in dealing with the, the actual crimes that they did commit if they were, you know, non, non-violent crimes, violent crimes? Well, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I think, there's, I think there's a more psychological aspect to it, too. Um, you know, for example, I took self-help classes, and I was actually a self-help class facilitator. Uh, which is basically, it was my job. I, uh, you know, ran the classes. And, you know, there's actually one book that was part of the library that was called Honoring the Self by Nathaniel Brandon. And uh, he was basically Ayn Rand's uh, protege or something. Yep. You know, so they were actually... Six pillars of self-esteem. Yeah. Yep. So basically, like, they, th- this book was preaching libertarian ideas but using it for uh, building your self-esteem and, you know, all of that goes towards uh, rehabilitation. Absolutely. I think, I think so it's pretty self- interesting. Self-help in general, I think, works in the prison system because, again, if, you know, the, the people who are really looking to better themselves and to, to make good on, you know, their crimes perceived or otherwise – are open to that line of thinking where some people out in the general public may not be because they don't think they need to do any proven any work on themselves. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to say this though, before you guys let me go. Sure. Um, so right now I'm actually involved with students for Liberty. Uh, I'm in a kind of like a shark tank competition thing they got going on for grant funding. Okay. Uh, so prisoners for Liberty is only active in one prison right now in Michigan. And, uh, you know, I want this idea to scale, you know, across the whole country and maybe even to other countries. So, uh, the Charles Koch Institute, apparently from what I've heard is interested in the idea. And, uh, you know, I got help from students for Liberty, young Americans for Liberty. So really though, in order for this to work, it's not just getting support from nonprofits or donors, but I actually need people that are in prisons doing the work, you know, people like, Pope nobody or Ross Ulbricht. So I really want to, you know, I wrote him a letter. I haven't gotten a response yet, but I really want him to reach out to me. You're talking uh, about I'll nobody for any calls. Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody or Ian or just anybody who's interested in helping. Yeah. Give, give them a minute to get the letters. Um, the, the address is currently available where you can mail them um, letters, but it, you know, it also means that it's going to take time. It's going to be vetted. Right, I think uh, Ian's girlfriend uh, Bonnie had a letter kicked back because she wrote it in colored pencil, and it was like, "Oh no, oh, yeah. there's there's drugs in that their pencil and it's crayon, so that it wouldn't go through." So yeah, make sure make sure the letters on like plain paper in black ink only, um, and then just give them time. I'm you know, what else are they going to do? They have time to read the letters and they feel like it's worthy of response. I'm sure they will get back to you. Sure, and uh, clamoring uh, called in earlier. If she's not listening anymore, I can definitely touch base with her and how to get hold of her. Um, She's talking to nobody fairly regularly, so yep. we'll make sure that uh, he knows to keep his eyes peeled for anything that you send to him. Yep. Anything else tonight, Bradley? Well, I just want to plug my uh, website. It's not very good, but we just got it started. Uh, it's called freeprisoners.org. Free, uh, we also freeprisoners.org. Kind of I was a, just looking for it, actually. Yeah, and we also have kind of like a crude Facebook page and a LinkedIn page. Uh, we got like a small little Telegram chat. And, uh, yep. you know, I'm, I'm in the, uh, uh, free talk live 
uh, chat too. So sure. you guys can find me there. All right, freeprisoners.org. Right. Freeprisoners.org. Free High also. five. Best of luck yep. to you, dude. Best of luck to you. This is such a that's a this is a noble effort. Absolutely. All right, sticking with phone calls, we go to Scott from Florida. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Not as good as I was a minute ago, Scott. What can we do for you? Uh, this is what you could do for me. Just like Ian, uh, nobody had been railroaded. That's the word, the appropriate term I would use. I'm very upset about Biden wanting to take away Americans' guns. And uh, the evil U.S. government, it is evil, let's call it what it is, is hell-bent on taking away all of our guns eventually. I can read the writing on the wall. And our Second Amendment rights are already threatened. And so are our First Amendment rights. And furthermore, George Soros funds Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the Anti-Defamation League to take away Americans' Second Amendment rights. Both Soros and the ADL are Jewish and are hell-bent on making America a communist country. Now, America already has a Zionist-occupied government, or Zog, which is comprised of the FBI, DOJ, ATF, IRS, etc., that does its bidding. Uh, are you, you familiar with the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas? We talked about that in the first hour, Scott. Yeah, I, didn't, I missed that. I was busy. David Koresh, had a re, had, he had business to live, and so did his followers. The FBI, I've seen footage on it, came in with bulldozers. They, they were like a bull in a china shop. They, they just they wanted to murder everyone in there, and they raised the complex to the ground. The point I'm making And that is guy that, is now in charge of the ATF. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Just like David Koresh and just like Ian, you know, what's the common denominator? There is a common denominator. Whoever the FBI or the ATF or the CIA, whatever they are, finds, you know, oh, they are a subversive. They are against America. They, even even if you haven't really done anything, you're just ideology is off. They will come after you. And I find that very disturbing, gentlemen. And we... That is true. They will come after you. Um, but Scott seemed to make make like this was a partisan issue. And I have an article coming up. 603-283-6160. Free talk. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. The show where you get to call in, take control of the airways. Phone lines are open, so if you have something to say, want to correct us on anything, now is the time to get in. Uh, sitting in here tonight in the studios, I am Richie Rich, and alongside me is Matt. E-Matt. E-Matt. Right? Funny guys tonight. Um, we just finished up with Scott, uh, also known as Scott the Bigot, uh, dubbed by Ian some time ago. And he brought up something interesting about, you know, those that would take away the gun rights, uh, you know, and I think the the general consensus within the political sphere, and feel free to, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to correct myself here in a minute, is that a lot of the gun rights get taken away from politicos on the left, right? And the the more conservative, the pro-two-way people, you know, like vote vote Republican to keep, you know, 
and that's you know that's gen- generally what I see um, out of the political sphere. So I have a headline here to kind of stifle that thought process a little bit from uh, Russia Today RT.com. Commies with guns. Second Amendment is racially motivated. Says ultra left wing pro gun group. You're you're giving me a look, Maddie. The that- Second Amendment is racially motivated. Says ultra left wing pro gun group. There's nothing racial about the Second Amendment. Okay. It's not even it's not even a piece of it. There's nothing about human race in there at all. I would generally agree with that statement, but let's read into the article and see what they actually mean by that. Uh, again, from RT, the Socialist Rifle Association is steadily coming to prominence and has a fascinating take on gun culture in the U.S. They view owning firearms as on par with providing disaster relief and feeding the homeless. Now, you're already chuckling because it's the Socialist Rifle Association. Oh, uh, yeah. Socialists uh, can't own rifles? Like I, well, uh, I mean, I question whether or not socialists are people. Okay. So, but if they're if they're on your side for pro two a gun culture, I don't do believe really, them. Okay, it's a side of the debate that most of the world has never heard. The pro gun lobby is the domain of the right wing conservative Republicans in America. See, that's exactly what I said earlier. Or is it? The Socialist Rifle Association is everything the stereotypical gun community isn't, apart from their steadfast commitment to bear arms. Since forming in 2018, they now claim to have over 10,000 members, including in every single U.S. state. Ah, so the next time you go down to the shooting range gun club, you might be shooting alongside a member of the Socialist Rifle Association. Okay, but I don't understand what their deal is, though. How are they going to feed the homeless with guns or what? See, okay, so I don't I don't know if the article is going to get into that specifically. However... Um, the general idea... The headline itself sounds as lost as socialists almost always sound anyway. So, I mean, it's probably dead on the money. Well, okay. So, let's let, let's go back to the headline, commies with guns. Now, I brought this headline to your attention, you know, before we, before we went on the air. Mm. And you mentioned that, you know, Karl Marx, one thing that he got right was that, you know, people should own guns. Mm-hmm. So, commies with guns isn't as atypical as you might seem if it was an idea proffered you know in the 1800s yeah but i don't think Karl marx was implying that they should use guns to feed the homeless with or anything like that's pretty abstract okay so i think there's let me read the sentence again and then maybe this will clarify they view owning firearms as on par with providing disaster relief and feeding the homeless not that firearms is the mechanism for feeding the homeless but in their ideals right firearm ownership taking care of people so the the concept that I w- wanted to get to uh, briefly is what I always called like uh, the libertarian plus position, right? Like there's there's base libertarianism, which is you know the non-aggression principle, you know bare bones. If you can follow the non-aggression principle, you can have you can be you know you can consider yourself to be a libertarian. And then there are those libertarians who will follow the non-aggression principle, but also believe that they have some other social duty. To go above and beyond that yeah. in their community. And that's fine. You're right. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But feeding the homeless, providing disaster relief has nothing to do with libertarianism 
per se, right? It's in addition to their core beliefs as a libertarian. So for the Socialist uh, Rifle Association, providing disaster relief, feeding the homeless, a core tenant of their belief system, as well as owning guns. That cleared up a little bit? Yes. Okay. Uh, speaking to RT.com, the group's communications director, Lucas Hubbard, said, commies with guns has always been a thing. We just don't flaunt it like the right does. The firearm organization regularly gets death threats and abuse on social media, but are determined to stick to their cause. Quote, our whole point is to be unabashedly inexistent. We try and produce privacy for our members, but use existing is a liberatory struggle. But us exist, excuse me, but us existing is a liberatory struggle. Existence is resistance in our case. The more we exist publicly, the more we can further our goals. If we hide in obscurity, we're being erased, Hubbard said. Despite their name, the more, there's more to the SRA than meets the eye. Not all members own firearms or wish to. The group performs social roles, including feeding events for the homeless, running community gardens, and helping with disaster relief. They say they are not a political organization. We're an educational nonprofit dedicated to community defense and firearms is actually quite a small portion of that as how can you really provide safety and security for your community if your hierarchy of needs are not being met, things like food and shelter, Hubbard explained. We do a lot of outreach, mutual aid, and getting food in people's bellies and disaster relief for whatever your communities may need. We have a whole giant organ that operates around that function that is far larger than our firearms organ, the SRA spokesperson said. We are entirely concerned with the safety of our communities, particularly we are concerned with guaranteeing the rights and safety of marginalized communities. In America, whenever gun control happens or whenever social programs get suspended, it is marginalized communities that get hurt the worst. And I'm going to step out of the article for a minute. I think that's fair to say. I think I agree with everything he just said. Okay. So are you more likely? Yeah. To? Okay. I might even show up at one of their events and just be that the black sheep capitalist in the group, but we're all working towards the same ends here, so let's help. All right. For non-Americans, it's hard to equate gun control discriminating against the marginalized. How does the SRA feel that happens? Hubbard said, like with the banning of silencers, so poor people during the Depression could not acquire wild game out in the woods without being noticed. That's just one example. The next was Ronald Reagan's ban in California for the public carrying of firearms. That was because the Black Panthers were protecting their communities, and he didn't like that. Truth. Well, no, the Black Panthers were showing up at the state house with shotguns. He didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the part they really didn't like. And that, that raises another issue of the, the uh, proliferation of gun activism, right? Like there, there are certain members of the community that say, nope, just conceal carry your firearm, keep yourself protected, don't worry about what goes on around you. And then there are those that will, you know, open carry. You mentioned the the open carry litter pickups that used yep. to go on around here. That's what moved me to New Hampshire. I thought that was one of the greatest pieces of uh, pro-gun um, activism I've ever seen right. to this day. But showing up at the state house armed may likely raise the ire of the state. Mm -hmm. And therefore, they may pass laws that infringe more on your right to own firearms than if you just conceal carried like a normal person and went about your business. Right. Uh, we can back to the article. We can trace back historically how gun control, as well as the Second Amendment, has always been racially motivated. We chiefly buck against that. American gun culture is exclusionary. 
Hubbard is white and non-binary and admits the SRA wants to promote a more diverse side of America than is traditionally witnessed in the gun debate. We need to give them representation that they don't have. There are millions of black gun owners in America. How many have you seen? We are trying to rectify that. Hubbard said there's plenty of misogyny in gun ownership in America. I watch a lot of GunTube and you, wi- uh, you widely see instructors addressing only men. I see this in people's language. They wouldn't even consider a woman could be in their class or watching their videos, or a gender non-conforming person would either. You also hear a lot of denigration in those classes of people who don't fit in the macho stereotype. American gun culture is quite exclusionary. That's one of the reasons the SRA started. So quick thoughts on that as being part of that. I've taught thousands of people how to shoot guns, and almost all of them have been females. <laughs> I don't think we're... And I think that's the truth for a lot of gun dudes. I don't think we're all that exclusionary based on gender. So if you're a member of the SRA and like to comment, please give us a call. Yeah. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Koinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Koinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds and tell them any pay sent you because they're on the fence right now. And your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Koinomi now or even better, leave a review in the app store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, Hour 3, coming at you. We made it two hours, all by ourselves. Home stretch, baby. Made it look easy. Amazing how we do this. Uh, Call in 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, it is I, Richie Rich, and... Maddie Matt. Maddie Matt. And before we went to break... Matt, we were talking about the Socialist Rifle Association, and you had some hesitations going into the article, and then as we read through it a little bit, you were like, no, I kind of, I see what they're saying, and I kind of agree a little bit. I have a hard time taking them at their word always, as a rule. Because of the the socialist aspect of it? Okay. I just don't like the philosophy at all. I think they're bad people in general. So I keep my distance. But if they are doing what they say they're doing, there's nothing to be opposed to there. Those are all good things. Okay. I like those things. So the part of the article that we were in was the the gun control or the gun culture in America being exclusionary, uh, you know, pro-white, pro-male. I think that's totally absurd. Okay. And you, you have experience, you said? Absolutely. In this area of training mostly women? Yep. Okay. So, but that, again, to be fair, that that is still just one data point, right? I, I don't think that their perspective on the stereotypical gun culture is all that absurd. Um, a lot of, you know, when, when, when the, you know, the Proud Boys showed up to counter protest Antifa, right? A lot of the, a lot of the memes online or in social media was, Oh, look at these, you know, skinny, effeminate men, right, on the Antifa side, 
and look at these macho, masculine, rifle-wielding chads on the, you know, on the Proud Boy side. So I think that that stereotype permeates the culture, whether or not you have personal experience with that or not, right? Like, you know, when, when, you, go, when you go down to the gun range, you know, how, how many skinny, effeminate guys do you see? Not you know, many. Not many, right? So, they, I mean, it's, they're not totally off base, I guess. Even though personal experience, yeah, you, you get, it takes all kinds. And if, you, if you're in the community and in the culture long enough, you'll see all kinds. All right, reading back into the article here. Um, oh, where was I? One trait that the SRA does share with the right-wing rivals is the mistrust of the police. In leftist circles, this dates back to the Co-Intel Pro, which was the FBI operation that ran from 1956 to 1971. It targeted communists, civil rights groups, and feminist organizations, plus activists like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr., Quote, uh, leftists keep their heads underground because of that. It saw a lot of communists and civil rights leaders killed in America. So when leftists get together, we don't talk about it as historically and recently they were literally trying to kill us in our country, said Hubbard. Leftist organizations at all is not a thing we advertise, particularly leftists with guns because of the legitimate threat of violence we face. According to the spokesperson at an SRA event last month, Uh, to provide food for the homeless. Posters advertising the event were ripped down and a deluge of death threats were sent. Then, during the event, pickup trucks flying the American flag drove by menacingly. The American flag has become synonymous with conservatism as they chose to adopt that as their symbol despite progressive liberals feeling as equally deserving of that symbol, said Hubbard. The people in trucks with flags are almost certainly Republicans as it was common sight during Donald Trump rallies. Asked whether, uh, with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House, things are shifting to address the problems the SRA feels exist, Hubbard replied, Historically, the two parties have switched sides of issues like slavery, segregation, and gay rights. It just depends on what intersection of the population the party wants to actuate at that time. We view them as basically the same party, except at the moment the Democrats aesthetically favor progressivism As part of liberalism, no fundamental change has happened between the two different administrations, and we don't anticipate it to. Well, he ain't wrong. Again? Is this... I I often wonder if there are socialists out there, a lot of them, who don't actually know what libertarianism is, and they Ah. hate libertarians for the same reason that right-wingers hate socialists. Okay. Like, maybe they should be paying attention to... And I know that those guys are out there. I've heard them talk. Okay. And I I think they are libertarians who got just a couple things wrong. And okay. those things tend to be important things economically based. Or, or quite possibly, in this case, maybe they haven't gotten anything wrong yet, uh, but much like the alt-right rose up in retaliation to uh, the Antifa left, right? Maybe this, the the Socialist Rifle Association rose up as uh, an alternative to that conservative culture, right? So you want to be the anti-conservative culture. You're not, you may not be aware of libertarians and libertarianism. So you just align yourself with the left, you know, try to find the thing that the conservatives, you know, have a, a great distaste for. 
right? You know, socialism, communism, those words get bandied about. And you just adopt the terminology, maybe not understanding the terminology completely, and maybe not knowing that there's a label out there for you like libertarian. Yeah, sure. I was a, I was a uh, conservative. In New York, we actually have a conservative party. And when you're 18 and you register to vote, you can register as a conservative. And I did because I didn't think the Republicans were acting like Republicans. And when I got to the conservative side, all I found was a bunch of Bible-thumping, you know, extreme yeah. religious types who hated abortion. It's like, what, what What? does any of this have to do with politics? You know, I was 18 years old. I was yeah. like, this. you know, I had a very academic understanding of what the political philosophies were. And I'd never even heard of libertarianism until I found Lou Rockwell and I started reading that. I was like, civil libertarian. Hmm, I think that's what I must be. Even so. that's a qualifier, right? Because it's libertarianism in the civil aspect of things. Yep. Right? Because you can be, you know, fiscally libertarian as well. Mm-hmm. You know? so, sure. Uh, outlawing guns won't stop violence. So they are neither for or against Biden over Trump. But what about the issue of mass shootings? Europeans are often bemused at the American attitude to protecting gun ownership, even though thousands are killed every year, every year via these arms, like that of the recent tragedy in Boulder. The SRA highlights the Firearm Owners Protection Act of 1986, which banned the sale of machine guns to civilians after that date. And if someone wishes to acquire one, both parties must file official paperwork before the transfer is approved. The result of this meant to price of machine. Uh, the result of this meant the price of machine guns is far higher than they used to be, and there are fewer guns on the market. What they did was make every registered machine gun shoot up in price, absolutely skyrocket. What was once a $200 M16 is now a $20,000 one. That removed the ability of working-class individuals to purchase machine guns. It did not remove the ability of rich people to acquire them. Hubbard. Is this guy trolling? He's a libertarian. He sounds like a, like any other libertarian gun nut. He's right. I commonly read about acid attacks, car attacks, and knifing in the UK. Ted Kaczynski did one of the most devastating attacks on Americans. No firearms were involved. 9-11 killed nearly 3,000 people. The hijackers used box cutters. You're not going to stop violence by outlawing the implements by which people do violence. You have to address the mercurial conditions of those people committing crimes. You have to cause them to not do crimes. Addressing the underlying cause is part of the SRA's work. As well as providing instruction on gun usage and ownership, they are committed to mutual aid, a community policy where people take care and are responsible for one another, but the SRA feel there will always be a place for them. They don't see the job ever being done. I don't see us not being needed. What we'd like to see is workers owning the means of production, People getting paid for the value they produce instead of someone yoking out the profit from under them. We would also like to see things like universal medicine. There are many people who get into debt for medicine in America. It could be $2,000 a month for insulin. Otherwise, you die, Hubbard explained. Yeah, see, this is where he loses me. He's, uh, he's okay with stealing. I just can't, can't get behind that. Could, couldn't hold you all the way through. All right, uh, more coming up this article. Uh, Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live.
back. Free Talk Live. Phone lines are open. 603-283-6160. That is 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, tis I, Mr. Richie Rich, and... Maddie Matt. Maddie Matt. Uh, we touched on it earlier, Maddie, but now let's really talk about ForkFest 2021. Yeah. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 28th through July 4th for ForkFest 5 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest happens the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 28th through July 4th. And there's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees there with the unofficial Telegram and the unofficial forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. That is forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. And we already have a caller who's going to be there. Right? Awesome. Zephan will be there. So if you're looking to get away from wherever it is you are and and party with the anarchists, the voluntarists, the libertarians. I'll tell you, this is your big chance. Uh, Pork Fest and Fork Fest is something I would, I would not miss. Uh, I can't think of anything that would make me miss Pork Fest and Fork Fest. And, and in, the, in recent years, Pork Fest Inc. has kind of scaled itself back. And they've gone back to basics, kind of. So it's uh, and allegedly for, that's making that festival better. Better. Yeah. It, well, the reason we started Fork Fest is because Pork Fest was getting so you know centrally controlled. Libertarians tend not to like that kind of thing. Yeah. And ever since that happened, um, the the Pork Fest tickets have gotten cheaper, and now we're rolling it into Fork Fest and keeping that around. It's been nothing but fantastic. It is two weeks of awesome in the summertime. With a thousand plus libertarians and anarchists, and you will not have a more relaxed blow off of steam um, anywhere else in the world. And it, I, I just can't talk highly enough about it. Now, Forkfest starts uh, June 28th. If you're looking to attend both Porkfest and Forkfest, you may want to get your tickets for Porkfest now yeah, as Pork well. Porkfest is a ticketed event. It so. is a ticketed event, and word on the street is. It's close to being a sellout at that point. Wow. Like no tickets left and potentially no day passes as well. Like if you, if you just wanted to come up for the day and you're like, ah, I'm just here to hang out with my buddies, you may not get into Porkfest. Wow. So if you're considering it, um, it may be time to, to purchase that ticket um, because that may be your last show. And they're cheap now. Porkfest tickets are cheap again. I don't know how much they were, but for a while they were like 30 bucks for the whole week. Oh, yeah. So they were exceptionally cheap. And I think that price has gone up. Like that was the early bird pricing. Mm. Now we're in the regular pricing stage. I don't know how much that is. I apologize for not having that information. Um, but it, you may not, like I said, you may have to buy now or you know, be locked out and only be able to attend ForkFest. Yeah. Which will still be fun, right? But if you're looking for two weeks and you go like, ah, I'll just show up because why not? Yeah. You might not get into ForkFest. Yeah, you good might call. Just call and yeah. get your tickets then. Yep. All right. Um Back into this article with the Socialist Rifle Association, we lost you, right? Like for, for most of this article, <sighs> you're like, but those guys are just libertarians. Uh, and then we talked about the financial side. Yeah, so. then, they wanted, then they wanted free stuff. 
So let me read you this last line here and then maybe get your comments on this because it, it, there's a reason for this line of thinking. We would see a decrease in economically driven crime if we didn't have these economic contradictions. If we produced for people economically and they had stability, they would not be committing economic crimes. So that is their thought process as to why you have, you know, those other crimes. And again, the, the socialist ideal, take care of people, make sure everyone's, you know, got their basics covered, right? And crime goes down. What's wrong with that? We've already discovered how to do that, though. The science has been done. We know how to pull the highest number of people out of poverty and put them into a place of prosperity. We know how that's done. And it has nothing to do with socialism. Historically, socialism has gone the exact opposite way that that goes. So what they're trying to achieve is not going to be achieved in the way they want to do it. We already know that that's a failure repeatedly throughout history. When you let people meet on a playing field that might not be level, winners come out, losers come out, and in the process, a whole bunch of people get a high-paying job or higher than whatever they were getting. So you'll have kind of an organic garden versus some centrally planned so one effort. Of, one of the things that I, when I talk to you know friends who may not be in the libertarian anarchist voluntarist community, um, the phrasing the, the phrasing that I use is mechanism matters, right? Like we we may all be on the same page as far as the ends we're looking to achieve the goals we want to achieve. And for the most part, I don't care what your goals are, right? If, if you want to feed all the homeless people and make sure that everyone has, you know, a base level of income to satisfy those needs, I can typically get behind that as a goal, right? As, as your goal, as your ideal, um, where we deviate is how you achieve that, right? The, the mechanism you use, the how uh, to accomplish that. And if your how, right, the mechanism you use, well, we're going to steal from the rich people in order to provide to the poor people. That's where you've lost me, right? If it's we're going to start a charitable organization, right, and get people, you know, who, who value these things like we do to donate, and then we're going to redistribute the donated funds, right? Well, maybe so, right? As long as as long as there's no theft involved, as long as there's no state intervention involved, I don't really care what your goals are or how you achieve that. But when you reach into my pocket to fund your great idea, Right, eh, maybe we take a step back and, and reevaluate. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my, the way I usually phrase it. Mechanism matters regardless of what your goal is. Stop. Now, socialism using the state. isn't asking for handouts. They're demanding handouts as if they are theirs. Entitlements. They're entitlements for them. Yes, but the but the ideals, right? The, the taking care of people, the feeding the homeless. Sure, it's noble. Noble. Yeah. Okay. Uh, minorities always policed harder. Part of the problem, according to the SRA, relates to how the police in America treat certain communities. It is demonstrable fact that marginalized communities are policed more heavily and cruelly than more privileged communities. You see higher rates of drug convictions along race lines, though which though what is reported to the WHO, the WHO, are similar rates of consumption, use, and possession. In America, there are two systems for policing and the incarcerated justice system. One is for the privileged and one is for the non. We will not see equitable policing, and we haven't ever. Whatever the subject is, minorities are going to be policed harder. Another reason why the SRA seems so out of step with the right-wing stereotype of gun owners is they feel much of the culture is misunderstood. 
Hubbard explains how AR is often used in the media reports to mean assault rifle, but in fact it stands for the manufacturer armament. That's a, that's a standard talking point uh, amongst the gun culture and gun community. More coming up, wrapping up this article on the other side of the break. 603-283-6160. Still time to get your thoughts and your call in. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com We're back. Free Talk Live, the call-in show where you can take control. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tis I, Richie Rich, in the studio, along with... Matty Matt. And one of the ways that Free Talk Live uh, promotes the show is through the AMP program. It's advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live, amp.freetalklive.com. And tonight we're going to thank porcupinerealestate.com. Porcupinerealestate.com. I'm glad you did it because I was contemplating doing it and I did not you want to You can't just say it. You have to sing it. Okay. You have to. It's like impossible. And that's, that's the only I can't. I've never it. said it. I've always sung it. Okay. One more time then. PorcupineRealEstate.com. Nice. Uh, they are uh, Amplifier Gold members, uh, so there are there are different tiers of donations to the AMP program, and they were right there in the middle. I think it's silver, gold, and platinum amplifiers. So we thank PorcupineRealEstate.com. There you go. All right. And who did the jingle? Was it Hannah Hoffman? Did I get the name? I don't name? know. Okay. I don't know. I, I vaguely recall that name, but I haven't heard it in a long time. <laughs> but she was uh, the jingle girl at one point. Uh, back into this article, wrapping it up here. Um, the, okay, so we talked about right before the break the 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 common misconception that AR stands for assault rifle. It does we, not. We got to ban these assault rifles. Those ARs, the assault rifles. Um, and the article is mentioning that you know the common misconception is just armalite rifle. Now, I will be honest. I understand that there is that misconception, um, even to the point where you know my wife believe that at one point because that's just what she heard um i'm i'm also weary of that being the talking point as if it matters it doesn't matter right like it's just one it's like one of those you know i get to check the box because look I what know i know some, look what I, yes and i don't i don't think that adds any value to the discussion Zero. at all okay i'm glad we're on the same page uh, it's all back into the article it's also not known that most americans don't shoot machine guns i'd say one percent of americans have been in the same room as machine gun I'm an instructor. I'm pretty deep into guns. I spend a lot of money on guns, and I do research on them, but I've never even held one. One thing we're proud of in the SRA is there's statistical overrepresentation of cer- certain marginalized communities that aren't representative of your standard gun owner. 
I can think of a good few members of my chapter who don't have any interest in using a firearm to protect themselves, but the defense they get from our community is things like the communal garden, homeless feeding, and a social network that ensure if they are in trouble, they will be provided for. It seems now there really are two sides to the never-ending American gun debate. Whatever your views, there that that has to be refreshing. Uh, end of the article. So we lost you a little bit uh, in the middle there with the you know the the economic impacts and how to accomplish those things. Uh, but as the gun debate rages forward, and as we talked about you know throughout most of the show, the new Biden uh, executive orders looking to ban guns. No, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So you would ally with the Socialist Rifle Association potentially. You can't not. Okay. And you said you might uh, attend one of their sure. meetings potentially. I'm going to take a copy of Economics in One Lesson to the event, and I'm going to read one chapter every time we go to one of those events. Okay. So you guys are almost, I get what you're trying to do. You're so close. You're so close. So when they open the floor up, you know, for for comments from the- We're going to read it. We're going to read one chapter of Econ in One Lesson. All right. Um, I think we've hashed out. Uh, the, did you have more about along the gun debate? The anything from that original Biden article? No, not really. You know, um, the the ATF these days hasn't changed at all from the ATF in the Waco days. Though those guys who came to this place were looking to kill people. They wanted to kill. And had I been asleep, they may have killed me. It just happened to be that I felt the house shake and I went down. I thought a drunk driver had smashed into the house. So I went down to investigate and there was a dude pointing an M16 at my chest with a smashed window in front of me. And, and, uh, but they, I think they were full ready to Waco this place. And this is an entirely new crop of those people, but they, they exist still. And the government is full of really devoutly bad people, religiously bad people, and they have been taught that everybody else who isn't them is actually the evil people. Um, one thing I found interesting is that they were all very surprised. Like the one guy came down and he says, there's a freaking arsenal in that one room up there. Okay, I don't I don't really consider 20 guns an arsenal. I don't. I'm sorry. That's a collection at best. Okay. Um, he actually rolled up with an actual arsenal, 30 armed troops, Okay, full helmets, cry precision head to toe, night vision. That's an arsenal, bud. There are normal humans out here, American citizens who own guns, and they don't, I don't think they think that's normal. Let me, let me put you in a hypothetical situation briefly, because you're, you know, you're the collector in the house. Um. You hear the crash coming to the door. You assume drunk driver may have come into the house. It could also have been a legitimate criminal home invasion, right? And Yeah. And really, that's what you would have your collection of guns to protect against. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they pointed their cars at the house because all the lights, like the big crash... And the, you know, the, the, the house moving is what woke me up. Right. And then getting to the top of the stairs and looking down and seeing all these lights coming in the windows, like, oh, definitely some drunk idiot smashed into the house. Okay. You know that, but. So if it was still darkness, you may have come out armed, ready to defend yeah. your life against. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know what it is. Kind of could be. Well, any. that's why I. And, just, and I think they were kind of count. I think those boys wanted to kill. I wouldn't doubt it, but that's, you know, it may be lucky on your part that you, you know, you saw the lights then and yeah. it didn't come out, you know, 
ready to defend yourself and the property. Yeah, when I got to the top of the stairs, I thought, idiot drunk driver, I should go see if any help is needed. Okay. And then, then you know, three, four steps down the flight of stairs, I noticed that I have a weapon light pointed at me, and it's definitely attached to an AR-15. Okay. So, and and stop here. I'm pretty sure a uh, random drunk guy has broken into this house before. Right? I would. I don't know, but okay. it wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was like a story that Ian used to tell. Like, but I mean, uh, this is a church too, so there are places. You know, we have a we have a front porch full of couches in case there's understood. You know, but this was like a guy drunk stumbled into the wrong house and fell asleep on the couch, <laughs> right? And much like the YouTube videos where you know the foreign country, like, hey, buddy, wake up, we'll make you some breakfast. Right? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise you know, me. Ian just kind of like, hey, the guy helped himself. Well, to some I bet he made him oatmeal. Right. So no reason for violence, and luckily in your case that it wasn't it wasn't perceived as a violent incursion right. or a threat from a legitimate criminal and mm-hmm. that you were able to like, you know, save yourself. Um, we're going to transition out of this cause we're, we're approaching the end of the show sort of. And I, I pitched this to you pre-show and I kind of, I don't want to spoil it necessarily. Uh, headline woman finds out son's bride is her long lost <laughs> daughter on their wedding day. Yikes. A Chinese woman. That's really awkward. Right? A Chinese... I also said there's a, there's a swerve somewhere in here. A Chinese woman was surprised when she discovered on her son's wedding day that the bride was actually her long-lost daughter. A woman attending her son's wedding was left in tears after she identified the bride as her long-lost daughter. The incident happened in the Suzhou Jiangsu region in China on March 31st. The mother-in-law noticed a birthmark on her new daughter-in-law's hand, which was similar to the one on her lost daughter's hand. Yikes. After spotting the birthmark, the woman approached the bride's parents and asked if she had been adopted over 20 years ago. The bride's family was baffled by the question as it had been a secret. However, they went to reveal that they had found a baby girl by the roadside several years ago whom they brought up as their own daughter. On hearing the story, the bride burst into tears. She wanted to know more about her biological parents. She described the moment of meeting her biological mother as happier than the wedding day itself. What? The story didn't end there. There was more to come. Free You're going to do it. Oh. 603-283-6160. Uh, have you ever been to a wedding where there were like siblings? Maybe you're from the South oh, somewhere? I mean, that happens all the time, right? 603-283-6160. More coming up with Free Talk segment of the Thursday night edition of Free Talk Live, the radio show where you get to call in and take control. Uh, not going to give out the phone number because the lines are loaded up and you're just not going to be able to get in. Um, what I will do, though, is we will talk about the Crypto 6 one more time because it is that uh, imperative and important to talk about. So if you missed it last hour, March 16, 2021, the government agencies conspired together and raided the Free Talk Live studios. Matty Matt here was a part of that raid. The Bitcoin embassy and the homes of Ari Mezzo, Renee and Andy Spinella, and Colleen Fordham. 
The Crypto Six were then arrested and taken into custody, and Ian Freeman and nobody remain in custody. Uh, what can you do to help? Check out thecrypto6.com. There are multiple ways which you can donate to their legal defense fund because these charges aren't a joke. It's going to take a serious legal team and many experts to protect the Crypto Six from further aggression from the state. Uh, and I'll interject real quick. I think Arya said that her private attorney on last night's show was anywhere from 70000 to two hundred over $200,000 just for his services alone so that's wouldn't doubt it this is the, they're really going out these are really really good people and the government people are really going after them in full attack mode and they have unlimited resources so if you can help please help right and i just wanted i, I mentioned that only to say that that that's what you're looking at per individual as mm -hmm. far as what type of legal defense would be suitable in this case so this this is not uh small amounts or, or petty money here so if whatever you can donate is greatly appreciated uh, the more people we can get to donate, the you know the lesser the burden it is for all of us. Uh, this case will likely set precedent that will come that will affect the world of cryptocurrency for decades to come. Help them in their fight for liberty and financial freedom by contributing to their legal defense fund at thecrypto6.com. Once more, thecrypto6.com. Um, so I teased it right at the end. There it was perfect timing. A uh, woman finds out her son's bride is her long lost daughter. On their wedding day, and I kind of left you hanging there. And we're gonna—I'm gonna finish this article, and then we'll get to the, the phone calls here. But I—I I want to make sure we get to the end here. The bride was now concerned about marrying her elder brother, as you can imagine, in China in these times. However, the mother-in-law revealed that there there would be no objection to their marriage, as the groom was also adopted. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So she put up a daughter for adoption or abandoned the, a dan I think abandoned she a daughter abandoned a female on the daughter side of the road, but point. then adopted a male baby. Right. The, wow. The woman had adopted a boy after losing all hopes of finding her missing daughter. She had searched for her for years, but in vain. Oriental Daily. Reported. When you leave a baby in a ditch, the chances that you're going to find the kid again are low. And you know the, the baby was found on the side of the road. I, you know, the article doesn't say how the baby got to that point. You know, like abandoned, left, whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, one baby went missing. Tried, but she tried to find it. Allegedly, right? Was unable to do so. Adopted another one. Did she check the ditch? Yeah. Again, I don't know. <laughs> The, no, no, the whole story is not clear. Just a swerve at the end there. Uh, she said there would be no problem in their marriage as they were not biological siblings. The bride was relieved to know this, and the couple completed their wedding rituals. The wedding guests have gave their family their best wishes and doubly joyous day. So wow. there's the swerve at the end, right? Who would have saw that one coming? Uh, All right. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Wow. All right. Uh, going to the phones, we have Brian in Please. Seattle. The first Brian from earlier that we couldn't get through, so hopefully we got a good connection with you this time. Brian, go ahead. All right. Okay, I'm back. I drove to a better south. Crystal signal. clear. Um, okay. I don't know where we got cut off. Did I start telling any of the story? You know, it was the signal was very choppy, so I would just start from the beginning because this is the last oh. segment of the show, so we have almost more than likely have a brand new audience at this time as well. Perfect. Okay. So I, uh, I flipped out after we got lockdown orders last November, and I started a freedom festival out in Washington called Squatch Fest. Um, and uh, so then I headed out uh, in February 
to go to Float Fest down in Texas to meet other Freedom people to tell them about the new festival. Yeah, at, and uh, I met, Aaron and Kingsley, right? Yeah, I met Aaron and Kingsley, and they helped me get my uh, channel on Float up live. That's driving Miss Crazy. Very nice. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, then I met a really cool DJ, DJ Lightspeed. Um, I talked him into flying out to Seattle, uh, performing at Squatch Fest. So he's going to come out and do two nights in May, May 13th through 16th. Um, and then this morning, I just rented the Space Disco for Pork Fest Thursday night, the 24th. And I rented it also for Friday the 2nd. So, the in- so Friday the 2nd is the official benefit concert for the Crypto 6. Nice. We're throwing five, five extra bucks a ticket. If we sell out, we're going to raise seven fifty. Um, I'm also going to do a little uh, moment of silence. We'll uh, we'll pass the hat. I think we at least get a grant. I um, hope so. so That's going to be awesome. Thing is, yeah, we're going to make. Uh, okay, so we're going to make the benefit on the second officially part of the show for the Fork Festers because I think the Fork Fest folks are going to support. The interesting thing is the ticketed people that go to Pork Fest on the 24th, since they like all the official stuff and being in order, then we're going to have a donation challenge. Theirs is not going to be a forced $5 fee on the tickets. Theirs is a 100% donation. And let's see whether the Pork Festers or the Fork Festers step up harder. Oh, Oh, man. That's a challenge. It's 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 kind of a challenge, but the pork festers have to set the bar pretty high, yep. right? Because unless you're going to keep it a blind challenge, right? Be like, we're not we're yeah. not going to tell you what pork fest did. You guys just have to beat a that's number right. and see what happens. How are you going to handle that? That is a brilliant idea, Richie Rich. I know that's why you're hosting tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's not why he's hosting. Tonight. So, give me. I'm, uh, I'm the only one that showed up. Day. That's why I'm hosting tonight. <laughs> No, go, go I ahead. Gotta put, uh, I got to put ticket buttons and all that up on my website, so I will take care of that overnight tonight, and I'll call you back tomorrow. Sweet. All right. Looking forward to it. Anything Sweet. else from you tonight? Uh, nope. Well, go check out. So DJ Lightspeed and I put on a sunrise set, 4 a.m. till the sunrise at Float Fest. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, DJ Lightspeed, Reboot America. All right. We Slick. will take a look. Thank Can't you very wait. much, sir. Have See a great you. night. And sticking with phone calls, we go to David in New Mexico. Yeah, I wanted to comment on the lousy people on the radio here, but since you're talking about this adoption thing, let me just say that that all of the events of that adoption, um, uh, children ending up not knowing who their actual biological parents is, is by definition child abuse and should not be allowed. I'm not saying adoption shouldn't be allowed, but if you're going to adopt, the child has a right to know at all stages, as soon as it's appropriate, and I don't mean when they're 18, I mean as soon as they start asking any questions, whether they're three or five or eight, whenever they start asking, uh, and if they don't start asking, then you need to start telling, because uh, uh, situations like that um, should never happen that's abusive well okay let me let me ask you a quick question is it is it just important that the child know that they're adopted if they ask or are you saying that they have to disclose the the name no you got if, the, if they don't uh, if they don't ask you got you have to inform them they have a right and a need to know okay. that stuff so that they don't get taken by surprise by health problems or or surprises 
Well, I mean, just look at what kind of surprise it would have been if it turned out that those two were related biologically. Right. Here they were in love and they were about to get married. And if, if it wasn't the circumstance that it turned out to be, it would have uh, done some great damage, I would presume. Understood. But if the biological mother doesn't want to be found and wanted anonymity in the adoption process, are you obligated to, like, to inform the child of, of their uh, biological parent? Or is it just that they are adopted? Bottom like line is the child has the right to know everything. And if, and if for some reason the, the biological parent d- doesn't want to be known, then that should be the court process to protect the identity of the biological parent. They can put up some reason why they should be protected from their own child actually getting to know who they really are in real life rather than the court process that goes through to adopt a child out. I mean, if you, if you can go through a court process to adopt a child out or to you, then you can go through a court process to protect your identity if that's what you really think you need to do. Uh, I just I can imagine circumstances like maybe the result of a sexual assault or something where a younger female... Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're humans. We're grown-ups. We can deal. All right. Thank you for the call, Dave. That'll do it for us, Maddie Matt. We made it all the way to the end of the show. Piece of cake. Piece of cake. Uh, tune in tomorrow night or freetalklive.com. In the meantime, have a good night, everybody. Welcome to another exciting adventure of Jonathan Gullible. As you may recall, we last left Jonathan Gullible on a remote Pacific island after his boat was blown far off course by a terrific storm. Eager to learn about the inhabitants of this island... Jonathan wandered the island until he came across a police officer who was nailing boards over the windows and doors of a small shop. After watching for a while, Jonathan asked, Pardon me, why are you boarding up this shop? The shop is closed. The owner was found guilty of selling obscene pictures, and he is now rotting in our zoo. What is an obscene picture? Well, an obscene picture is of some foul and disgusting activity. Was this person doing this disgusting activity? No, he, he was just selling the pictures. So selling pictures of an obscene act makes one guilty of the act? In a way, yes. People who sell such pictures are guilty of promoting the activity. You know, consumers are easily influenced. Oh, I get it. You have just arrested all the island's news photographers for their pictures of warfare. But are the newspapers guilty of promoting warfare just because they sell pictures of people at war? Oh, no, of course not. Obscenity is sexual activity. So pictures of sexual activity are prohibited? No, only recent sexual activity is prohibited. Pictures of ancient sexual activity are allowed to be copied and sold. Ancient sex is studied and taught as fine art. On the other hand, recent sexual activity is only of interest to perverts. Decent people condemn such activity. On the other hand, warfare is an activity that decent people and perverts may read about and do together. Stay tuned for another exciting adventure of Jonathan Gullible. Build freedom with laughter. Join the community. Access free media clips and more. Or get your free PDF copy of the book. Go to jonathangullible.com now. jonathangullible.com Hey everybody, if you've ever thought about heirloom beans as a storable survival food, I've got great news. In fact, I'll bet it's the best news you've heard in a while. Here's the thing, we've just received a fresh batch of gourmet heirloom beans, survival soup beans. 
These beans are gorgeous, highly nutritious, and above all, with no hesitation whatsoever, the best tasting beans in the entire world. The best part? We've dropped the price by 33% this week for listeners who know higher food prices are coming and want an inflation hedge you can actually eat if you want to. Gets even better. With your permission and with a high regard for your health and well-being, I also want to send you two pounds of what we think is the single most underrated superfood in the world, period. Go to SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com, and discover the real reason we're giving this unusual superfood away. At SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com.